Hi, this is ESPN's Dave Lamont, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome in to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates, where we multitask, do a lot of things, including homework with the kids. So there, I'm Dave Richmond, along with Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you, man? Are you doing the virtual thing tonight? I'm not hearing you, Bubba. I guess you still got on mute. Uh, of course. Well, there we go. There we go. Great opening <laughs> for the show. But yeah, and the kids are doing that tomorrow. Virtual for everybody, you know, teachers and students. And then um, the, the B-Day students will be coming to us on Thursday and Friday. That's crazy. And a guy that I know, uh, Bubba, we're very excited to have uh, lots of children in the house. Uh, there was a show back in the 80s that my kids absolutely love today, thanks to YouTube. Uh, but now that we have to, have, of course, have every season that we finally do is uh, Full House, a guy that has a Full House. He knows all about it. Uh, right, Bubba? Most definitely. I'm very excited to have on the program, formerly of ESPN, now the CBS Sports Network, Dave Ryan. Dave, welcome in. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. I'm going to do one better, Dave. we go back to the 1970s. You remember that show? The Brady Bunch. Eight is enough. Oh, eight is enough. I think back in the day. I'm so old I remember that show. Full House yeah. is great, too. Full House is a classic. But yes, if you include two kids at college, we have eight. We have eight total. So wow. it is it is a full house. It's eight is enough. And let's also add in the three dogs, three cats, and last count, 13 chickens. Wow. 13 chickens. So there there is a lot in there. There's a lot happening in this in the right household. So yeah, the door closed. We should have enough privacy for you guys mentioned homework. Like someone will come in and ask me for a peanut butter sandwich anymore. At any moment, it, it, it's it's pretty much a regular thing. You guys know the life now. We're we're in the era era of COVID, unfortunately, and uh, everything's on Zoom, everything's on Streamyard, everything's on on your computer. It's all virtual and digital, so uh, it, it's it's a new normal for sure. Yeah, my uh, my daughter, I can I can guarantee you after the show, I, I'm not a betting man, but I'll at least put ten dollars on it that she's going to ask me say, "Daddy, I'm hungry, I'm hungry," and uh, <laughs> even though she's had a whole bunch to eat. Or opportunity, and then she's every always night. Yeah. Every night at bedtime. Okay, everyone have their teeth brushed? Yeah, okay, let's get one more story. Okay, very good. Everyone in bed? Oh, and two two hands go up. I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm hungry. Every, every I'm night. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Regardless of how you plan it out. And at some yeah, point, Dave, at some point, that you guys are dads, you know what you're going to like as well. At some point, they'll stop asking and just do it themselves. But we're not there yet. Yeah, there. Bubba, you know, you and I always talk about all that we're juggling right now, and we talk about not that it's a burden. We love our kids, but you know, we have two kids. Well, this guy's got eight, eight, eight kids, six at home. Uh, so I won't, I won't complain anymore. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm kidding. Uh, very happy to have you on. Lots to talk about. I guess we could be complaining because Dave, we want to have sports and we do have some sports when it comes to college football. Bubba, I haven't even had a chance to talk to you. It's been so busy, but NC State may have to push their game back. To September the 26th because uh, a few players and all, they're going to, have to be quarantined for uh, ACC protocol for 14 days, and they may not be ready to play their game on September the 12th. 
which means, uh, and I was like, here we go. You know, we're um, not that we're ACC, an ACC show, but being this college football and it hits close to home, I mean, it could easily happen to us. Uh, so um, hopefully we have our game on September 12th against Marshall with no fans. And one thing that Dave brought up is, Bubba, I know you've been worried about it. No tailgating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, you, you knew that was um, certainly yeah. headed that way. Um, maybe it will get to the point later in the season where it can uh, can it, uh, occur maybe on a no minimal basis or something, um, perhaps, right. but pr- probably not. Um, but at this point, like Kyle and I were discussing last night, uh, our other co-host, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. – at this point, um, we'll be feeling very blessed if we have football, period. Yeah. You know, probably the way I look at it these days, um, I didn't think Major League Baseball or the NBA in the bubble or the NHL and their two pubs in Toronto and uh, Edmonton could make it work. I just didn't think. I was so – I think everyone just felt so um, just down and kind of beaten down by this and seeing the tragic results of what's happened with COVID to so many people and families across our, our great country. Um, but they have done it. The NHL's had no positive tests. And the NBA is rolling along. Uh, some of the hockey games, I'm sure you guys have watched, have been phenomenal to watch uh, and, and take in. Is the atmosphere the same without a crowd? No. But, I mean, I think watching most of the shows that I've seen, the, the, the dub of the crowd noise, or goal especially with the horn sounding, is pretty close. Not the same. But – it feels pretty good to watch those games. And yes, there have been some delays and series and games canceled and major league baseball are postponed to create a bunch of double headers uh, with positive tests. But you know what guys, for the most part, I think it's gone extremely well considering where we were maybe even a month ago. Um, it feels pretty good that so many sports are happening. It's great to watch it. It's great to follow it and track it and see your favorite team in action and think about the future. Um, because maybe well, we talked about a month ago, maybe two months ago, I didn't think I didn't think it would happen at all. Right. It's it's day by day to be sure, but it feels better. It really feels better right now. Earlier today, I was listening to an interview uh, from Pirate Radio right there in Greenville. You know, it was from yesterday, um, archived on Facebook, and just um, listening to that, um, they had Todd Graffinini, um, former voice of the Tulane Green Wave, and now the. The New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans, excuse me. Um, Todd was just talking about what an excellent job the NBA has done with with the bubble and just the execution of all its protocols and so forth. It's amazing to see, really, Bubba, how um, so many teams could come together. I know the MLS did the same thing in Orlando and had some trouble with some teams that had to go back uh, with positive tests. But for the most part, they were able to work it all out and declare a champion, which is amazing to me. Um it takes incredible discipline, I think. I've spoken to people in Edmonton and Toronto on the hockey side who, who are away from their families for 80-plus days in a row. That's a long time. Uh, no one in or out. I mean, it is a very strict bubble. Um, I covered an event called the Five Tournament in Las Vegas last month, and that was a very strict bubble, too. It was a three-on-three basketball event. Um, Nate Robinson and Mike Baby and some former NBA studs were part of that. It's pretty cool to, to call it. I've never done three-on-three basketball. It was really fun. Um, and they had their own hotel. So it was literally, you, we got there, got tested, went to the hotel, masks on all the time. Um, the bus would take you to and from the game, and that was all. You couldn't leave the hotel. So I think it really takes an organized effort 
It takes discipline on everyone's part to buy in and believe it. But if you do, great things can happen. And I think the NBA and NHL are a good example of that. No doubt about it. And matter, a matter of fact, they, those two were, you know, people were criticizing them way before about, you know, almost like it was a science fiction movie, Dave, but that's what the world we're living in. <laughs> science fiction movie, a really yeah. bad one. But the very fact yeah. that the bubble, they, you know, you, every time you hear the bubble, you uh, you definitely don't think you know it's not normal, but they've done extremely well. Um, I think the I think with those three sports, um, they're making lemonade. They know it's not the best, but it's a lot better than if we had none at all. And you just say, oh yeah, you remember that season uh, back in twenty nineteen twenty? Yeah, let's get let's yeah we're, we didn't have a a champion. And when everybody's talking about Major League Baseball, well, yeah, it's only sixty some games or whatever the regular season. But the ma- fact of the matter is. That's better than not having a season. I mean, we just have to – our standards of what we knew in the past right now are totally different. And I have a feeling that they'll go back to once we get post-COVID that we'll see a lot of the stuff. Maybe there's some safety protocols that will be different. But as far as having regular seasons and fans in the stands and all that, it's going to take time, but it will happen again. I think that people are being a little dramatic to say that it'll never – what they, I know what they mean, never be the same, but I think we need to be cautious in the media by trying to make it sound like that we're never going to have sports again or we're never going to have. I mean, it's almost like that insinuation. They never come out and say we won't have fans, but it's going to be way different. And I'm like, well, what else? I mean, eventually we have to at some point down the line, not in the recent future, um, but, you know, obviously down the line, we'll have to go back to normal. At some point, Dave, it's really hard to say when that's going to be. Right. I agree with you. I mean, right. It could be, um, you know, this thing first, like going, my wife and I are talking about life with our kids and families and how long would it be. And I thought without a vaccine at that point, when I first came home from the basketball tournament in Cleveland, which never uh, happened beyond the first round. So the quarterfinals are about to take place. And what's her press conference? The commission will cancel. And he hightailed to the airport. Because it was pretty scary at that point. Um, I remember even talking in mid-March, I thought, well, without a vaccine, it's going to be a full year at least before we can get back to to any sort of organized sports, team sports. The fact that we're where we are now, the college football's coming soon, the NFL's coming soon, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball uh, have found a way. I think it's 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 almost a miracle from where we were in March. And um, as a broadcaster, we're excited. We we know life is not going to be the same covering the games for sure. Um, but we're going to do our very best to narrate whichever games we're assigned to whatever sport we're doing. And I do think that when people watch games and I do now as a fan, because I haven't worked very much at all in the last five months, it's, it's a relief. It feels good to watch a sport because it gives you normalcy. So, you know, if you're uh-huh. up to go watch an NHL game, these playoffs, it's so exciting. The hockey playoffs to me have just been a blast. It's like, okay, this feels good. For a minute, I can just forget about what's happening in the world. There's so much going on and just focus on a game, which is fun. And that's what I think we in the sports media love so much about our jobs. We provide amusement for people. It's recreational. Um, and we have to do it for and get paid, which is an amazing benefit. So I've always loved this job. I've been in the air 31 years, and um, I've never wanted to do anything else, to be honest with you guys. And, you know, it's been it's been a long summer with the with the eight is enough crowd here at our at the Ryan House in Florida, but um just just can't wait to get back to it and excited to 
that's going to happen. Let's talk about uh, your career. I was going to ask you, Dave, as far as the uh, with the CBS Sports Network, have you heard anything about uh, I'm a broadcasting nerd. I know Bubba's we're, we're turning him into a broadcasting nerd, too, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's getting better, and better all the time. I'm proud Bubba, of him. Join the club, Bubba. Join the club. Yeah, <laughs> but he uh, but the, the very fact of have you heard a schedule? Have you heard anything about any you know, game? Dave, what, I do, what I do every day is. Uh, you know, I, I, we talk about our, our touching base in, in, the, in the world now. I mean, there's just hundreds of them. Um, and you read so many different articles from so many different writers to get a, a feel and a pulse for what's happening. And I check several times a day, even Google 2020 college football. Anything happened that I missed, maybe on one of my alerts on one of my apps on one of the sports days. And they're all, I have everyone available. Um, and I haven't seen anything yet in terms of a national schedule, a TV grid. Uh, the TV partners haven't picked yet. So we're all sort of just sitting there and waiting. I, I think, Dave, I checked two or three times a day because <laughs> I know we're getting close. Um, but I'm like everybody else. It's sort of waiting with, uh, with bated breath, excited, and, and hoping for a lot of games to do. It's not going to be the same, but uh, it's going to be college football. I just can't wait to be a part of it. Now, Dave, talking about football moving forward, I know earlier you were referencing the championships, um, you know, in the NBA and NHL, et cetera. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today. It was just talking about, you know, with six out of the um, 10 leagues playing as, as of right now uh, with college football, um, assuming it moves forward, um, how do you think that will go as far as the college football playoff? And you, obviously it's going to have an asterisk by it. That goes without saying, but um, just what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, college football playoffs going to happen. It's going to happen on time. I was in the media the news today, uh, reported from, from Bill Hancock and his group. Uh, it, it's, it's almost surreal looking at the preseason poll and the preseason polls and seeing Michigan – 10th or 12th, and seeing Ohio State top 10, and they're not going to play until January. Um, look, I'm a safety first guy, as we talked about with a big family. I want to make sure everyone's safe and healthy, uh, especially when it comes to college students. I've got three of those of my eight kids, three are in college or med school. So <laughs> I know what I do for the, uh, the, uh, the relevance and the connection to college-age kids. I've got a lot of friends who have student-athletes. Some of whom are in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 who are going home now. We're quarantined, then they're going home. Um, so it's going to be a very different setup. Uh, you can't, I think, say in the end that it's Clemson, Alabama, who knows who wins this year, an ACC team, Big 12 team, Oklahoma has a great season. Can you say they're the true national champion? They're the 2020 national champion. I think that's okay to say that. Um, because I think everyone knows 2020 has just been one unbelievably weird year. And I think people look back at that and say, well, the Big Ten and Pac-12 were in that year. Well, the Mountain West and the MAC didn't play that year. Um, as you said, four of the ten are, are out right now. I hope the other six stay in, in the FBS. Um, but in terms of the college football playoff, of course, only one of the G5 teams makes it to the, to the New Year's Six with really no chance to make the semis of the championship. Um, and it's a shame the Mount West and the Mac aren't in. They have, they have we do a lot of their football. Uh, the Mount West especially has been tremendous the last several years. So, you know what? I, 
you, you almost hope they could do another game after the spring season because I think a lot of those four leagues we talked about are going to play in the spring. Why not possible for the six who aren't because the NFL draft and how, how would you, Trevor Lawrence, how's he going to play again another game in the spring? Like that doesn't make any sense. So it's going to be a little jumbled. It's going to be a little weird. But the bottom line is we're going to have football, which is great. We'll have a champion, which is great. And then we're going to move on, hopefully, where everyone is together in 2021. It's going to be fascinating to see if the Big Ten plays their winter, spring season, and then the fall. How that affects recruiting, injuries, coaching staff changes. I mean, it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch that. That's a pretty compressed season. Um, but you know what? We we talked about sort of the miracle of everything getting back on track in the time frame it did. So I'm sure that we can pull that off too. Why not? Yeah, like you're saying, um all those logistical issues on a number of levels in terms of spring football and playing, you know, I mean, at least 20, maybe closer to 23 to 25 games in one. It's a lot of games in one calendar year, right? One calendar year, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's not what we're used to. But, but then again, everything is not what we're used to, Bob, at this point. There's been so many changes and adjustments, and it's, I think it's just extraordinary. With each state its own governor and each state its own – County and state health commissioners and doctors associated each conference, making having their opinions and then trying to get together with everyone else uh, in ten conferences covering so many different states, including Hawaii. I mean, it's really, I think it's it's a medical miracle that they're going to play uh, as many games they are going to play, and that we're going to have football coming up very soon. To me, is just it's an incredible plus to our culture and and I think the love of sports that we all have. In a moment ago, you referenced the Big Ten, and uh, so uh, kind of a nice segue for me. Um, Commissioner Warren of the of the Big Ten. It's kind of funny. He has a son who's playing at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to believe that his son's going to play there, and, and the SEC is good to go. Um, you know, again, I, I I trust the doctors and the medical professionals who provide the Big Ten and their decision. I, I mean, again, with all the kids that we have and the safety first. Um, you know, my wife and I were talking in, in March about the game of football itself, 11 on 11, with how many snaps are there. You know, some teams in the no huddle spread go to 85, 90 snaps a game. It's a lot of physical contact, especially up front in the trenches. Um, and you might have six guys going head to head 90 times, 30 times in a game, each side of the ball physically. That's a lot of I mean, physical contact. Uh, I just I just am so hopeful that that we from start to finish can get through the season safely. That's, that to me is the most important thing. The football is going to be great. Safety is going to be even better. No doubt. Um, Maybe this will be the year that a league like the American uh, who had a UCF or um, a Memphis Cincinnati, who's been right there, a one loss team, or maybe even an undefeated team um, breaks through and, and, you know, uh, shows the nation, even though, it would certainly have its doubters if if they did get into the college football playoff and had success. Everybody, or at least most people, would would say, uh, "Oh, it's just happening because of everything, all the circumstances mm-hmm. with 2020." But it, it would be uh, great for the American, nonetheless. Yeah, and having done their game since 2014, it's been really cool to be a part of that league. We've had some. Corey Chavis and I mostly have done the games on CBS Sports, and that had some really exciting American Conference games to watch and be a part of. Um, that league, and we talk about group of five football, and we we always are such proponents of the G5, whether it's coming to Mountain West, Harvard, USA, uh, or the American. And, and 
and the Mac, um, there's there's such great football and plenty of pros. You look at it, and every NFL roster has someone either from D2, from the FCS, or from a, a D5. That, that's very common. Sometimes several starters on one NFL team will have a group of five players. So it's great football. Um, I wish that I wish nationally the respect was there. It just isn't from a national media standpoint, and it never has been. And I don't think, regardless of what we say or Coaches and players say the statements at UCF uh, doing so well a couple of years ago, going all the way to win their bowl game and and beat Auburn um, on a huge stage. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna matter. I've, I mean, I've, been, I've been at CBS Sports had 11 seasons, and I, I I know it's not gonna matter in the big picture. But you know what? You're absolutely right, Bob. I mean, this could be the year with a compressed schedule that that maybe one of those teams because hey, college football playoff is happening. That means one team gets in eight or six bowl. That means one team has a chance. Whether it's ECU having a breakout brilliant season, bounce back season. Uh, whether it's Cincinnati, it's been knocking on the door, been so good. Or Memphis again, like you talked about. UCF, maybe they're back. Um, to where they were a couple years ago. I love the discussion because to me, it's like the NCAA basketball. We have a Loyola making the Final Four, or George Mason making a Final Four runner, Jim Laranagra. These just incredibly exciting Cinderella stories. Why not have one in college football every year? That's what I was talking about, Dave, with the, uh, for me personally, I'm not anti-college football. I just don't like the made for TV event. That's what it is. Um, if it's, uh, I don't see it. It's better than what we had, the better than the BCS, but if you're going to make a legitimate playoff, then a team like UCF, they're like a rival to us being a conference mm-hmm. mate. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they win 25 straight, they should have been in a national championship game or at least the, the final four, in my opinion. And I don't care. And this year, Bubba, you were talking about an asterisk. Of course, it's going to be one. If you don't have brand name teams and, oh, God, we have to put a team in the American in there. Yeah, it's definitely an odd year. We're going to have to uh, put an asterisk by that because there's no way they would get in uh, if they're. And I understand there's uh, teams like I think it's a shame Ohio State, um, number two in the nation, not going to play. Um, but that's not our fault. Is that our fault that um, the commissioner made that decision? Uh, the presidents made that decision to not play. They made it. They made the decision like Jay Paterno said last night on our show. They made a decision based on what they knew at that point. We're not going to be ugly to them. I'm just saying don't put an asterisk or say make excuses for an American team if they do get in it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. This could be this could be a year of a lot of surprises, a lot of. Amazing things happen in the field. And, I mean, really, I think as an announcer, we love upsets anyway. There are two things I love, an upset or a road conference win. Like, conference conference play is hard to win on the road, especially in college basketball. I love the, the, what, go, the what, what goes into engineering a road win in league play. To me, football or basketball is incredible. Um, so, you know what? We, we may have some just absolutely shocking results in the field. Uh, there are teams that have had to suspend play, workouts. Um, because of COVID, of course, it's happened all over the country. So you just hope that things can go off smoothly and that the season can be played and people can be safe and we can just enjoy college football again. That, that, I think with that, David, will come some upsets, some amazing moments. It always does. Um, but I've been – I said this over here a million times. I wish we had an 18 playoff. I don't know why we don't. Thank you. I know, that, I know there are contracts. I know that things exist require um, four teams for several years, might be a couple more years. So that, that's public knowledge. It is what it is. Uh, but, but let's get 
a G5 team in that group, in that final eight. Let's get the five power five winners, a couple of wild cards, and one G5. And let's just see what happens. <laughs> let's just play eight. Come on now. I mean, it's just, that's the only way to make it fair, Mike. No doubt about I've it. Been that for years, and no one listens to me, guys. No one, no one listens. <laughs> I think that one thing that makes me uh, go crazy, Dave, and I know Bubba and Kyle would agree with me, is the very fact, um, the very fact that the fans want it. So why not? And plus, that's more content for ESPN, for example, or other networks, whatever. Plus, um, the fact that the schools would be making even more money. The NFL makes so much money. If you look at the second most popular sport in America, it's college football. College football could be the number one sport in America. Who knows if they went to giving the fans what they want. And I think it's hilarious, uh, and I'll make this real point because I can go on and on about the playoff, but I think it's hilarious when we say we cheapen the uh, when we cheapen the regular season. I'm like, are you kidding me? Games now than in the American and different ones, conference games, I'm watching even closer because, for example, of like maybe UCF or Memphis or Cincinnati, whenever a conference makes actually does make it, then I could be watching that season. I could be watching those games. Um, now, with um, to me, I think the conference champions should be the one to get in. For example, like the SEC, if you win the SEC, boom, you're in. It's the hardest conference. And I think that some people get mad. They say, well, what if? You know, Alabama has a, a brilliant season. They lose an SEC. I say, well, well, they lost. And that's not, a, I'm not, answer, I don't hate Alabama. I'm just saying, throwing that team out there. But I just think it's funny how you could actually have every other, a lot of the other divisions have 16 teams. Um, I'm not, I, I mean, I'll take eight at this point. Um, and I like exactly what you said, the one group of five, because our our school will get to that point again where we're good enough to be, competing for championships under Mike Houston in the next two years. I really believe the 21 season, Dave, I'm telling you, I've been telling everybody, watch out for the, the Pirates when you have one of those guys are younger right now, but they will be juniors and seniors uh, by 21. Look what Cincinnati did. Look what, look, look what Luke did at Cincinnati. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a great comparison. Actually, the last ECU game I did was the end of 2018. I didn't see you guys all last year, unfortunately, um, in, in my schedule with Corey Chavis, but we saw ECU's game, uh, might have been Scotty's last game, I think. It was Thanksgiving weekend at Cincinnati where, where it was a pretty convincing Cincinnati win. Uh, if you kind of look back at the at the tradition, recruiting, and systems in place that Luke Pickle and his people put in, I think that's what Mike Scott and mine uh, exactly. So it's a good model and something to follow, I think, for a lot of American conference teams. And you look at, across that league, that league has gotten a lot better over there. Um, so we've covered it since 2014 when it kind of came into its current form. And obviously UConn has dropped out. They've gone independent. Some some programs have gone up and down. Um, but Cincinnati is a program that had a lot of with Tommy, and they've won or Luke a lot. And it, it clearly can be done. Now, I know Cincinnati stumbled at the end with their fans back to Memphis last year. But I mean, I, I think clearly the, the American is ready. The American is re- ready. Now, the key is, can you keep a coach long enough? You know, Nick, Nick's not leaving Alabama for a reason. Uh, our five jobs are destination jobs for the most part. No one's staying there two years to move on. That's always been my huge issue with group of five football versus power five. Uh, whether it's paying the coaches, whether it's paying the assistants, whether it's 
uh, system in place to keep a young, brilliant coach just where he is. To build up five long enough, these are the big games every year. But it just simply can't. Our current system does not allow that. With pay scales, with coaches shows, bonuses, how it works, it's, just, it's not in place for him. Dave, how about in the state of Ohio where you can't play football? You have a situation where Ohio State can't play football and you have some other MAC teams, but guess what? Cincinnati can play. So all the poor Ohio State think that, that they have a, uh, one of their own guys, Luke Fickle. Do you think they go jump on the Cincinnati Batwagon because they can for the year, actually probably watch? For January. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know fans are upset in those conferences, but it's only January. It's not that far um, to play your season. You know, yes, I have, we've covered a lot of UC football over the years. I, I love their brand of football. I love the way they're great guy to talk to. Um, it's interesting to hear his defensive mindset, his Ohio State background. So, you know what, Dave, why not? Why wouldn't fans follow? I, if I if I were in that situation, I mean, I'm a Syracuse grad. He's playing right now. It's good in the ACC, but um, – if I'm a Buckeye fan, why not? I mean, you got to watch games. Why not root on the Bearcats? I mean, they played head-to-head several times last year. The games aren't competitive. With Cincinnati beating Ohio State at any point in a regular season. Uh, but these are regular times, Dave, so why not? Jump on that Bearcat bandwagon. Guys, earlier we were talking about the, the amount of talent that's in this league. Our, our other co-host, Kyle Barber, unfortunately unable to join us tonight. But uh, Kyle chiming in since the AAC was created in 2013. Um, there you go. Had 94 players drafted in seven, seven NFL drafts, so between 13 and 14 on average per season. It's amazing. I was watching um, – I'm a big Vikings fan, lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan. I grew up in the Midwest and Iowa City, Iowa, and you team that and Vikings my team. Um, and YouTube's an incredible thing. It just pops up games. So I was, I was watching – first I was watching the, the Hail Mary game. 75 NFC Championship so back Pearson, which still hurts to think about. It breaks my heart. But also watching a lot of the Vikings-Niners playoff games. And if you watch that game and look at the starting lineups, I think there are four, I counted four group of five players in the starting lineup of that NFC playoff game of the, of, the, of the two teams, both sides of the ball. So, like Kyle says, they're, they're a trem- just tremendous talent in that conference. And it really does. I think the American does deserve that power five status, the power six. Um, it is what it is in terms of recognition and how the media portrays it. But every time we call a game the American Conference, I mean, we I treat every game like that I call like like the biggest game of my career. So you, you put everything you have in there. Now, Dave, kind of yeah, shifting gears a little bit. Um, you know, down through the years, I know you've done a lot of – football, men's basketball, et cetera. And so what are some – I know I'm putting you on the spot with this question, but what are some of the top games right offhand that you that you would call – Well, I was lucky enough to be on the sideline for USC-Texas, the national championship here, the Reggie Bush, uh, Reggie Bush Matt Leiner, of course, Vince Young. So I was actually doing ESPN radio sidelines in the corner of the end zone where Vince Young ran. The funny part of that story is in the confusion. So there's, you know, the game's over. Confetti is just all over the place. We're trying to play. They're, they're roping off players and Mac Brown. And I couldn't find Vince Young for quite a while. So my producer is screaming in my ear, where's Vince Young? Where's Vince Young? Finally, I found the rope off area where he was and got in there with my SPN 
that was an amazing moment. Um, you know, I've covered 20 sports. Probably, so I've done a lot of different sports. If it's bowling, it's a 300 game. If it's baseball, it's a walk-off. Major League Baseball, a lot of college baseball, college World Series over the years was fun. Little League World Series, some walk-off home runs, amazing moments. Um, college Hockey Frozen Four was uh, Minnesota versus Maine in St. Paul, Minnesota. So Minnesota wins the game in overtime, and I swear, I close my eyes, and I still hear the crowd cheering, and the stands were shaking. Like, I thought the arena, which is the home of the wild, St. Paul, was actually going to collapse. It was amazing. Um, Syracuse grad, Syracuse lacrosse, I call it their championships. I mean, it's tough not to be. It's tough to be neutral in a situation like that. You know, I was in my head hoping for a Syracuse win. So they're, they're really they're, you know, there's some just amazing moments. Army Navy lacrosse. I've done that game many times. With the pageantry and the history that goes in that game. And you talk to the players and coaches beforehand. And you see how much it means to them. And you watch the game and call it. And we had overtime last year. Uh, 2019, 2020, we didn't have a game like that. You know, there, there have just been so many amazing overtime finishes and, and last-second touchdowns or block shots, three-pointers. It's been a long, it's 20, almost 25 years of national TV and radio that there have been a lot of great moments. Wow. One, one that stands out, I was doing, I was doing Major League Baseball for ESPN. It was a league divisional series, and it was uh, Boston and Oakland. I'm going to do it. Uh, my first report is in the dugout talking about the Red Sox. Okay. The top of the dugout step, and here's the national anthem playing. I look to my right, Nomar. I look to my left, Big Poppy and Manny. Thank you. <laughs> this may be the greatest moment of my life right here. It was, I'm next to these unbelievable major league stars. You know, listening to the national anthem, about to broadcast for, for a major league uh, playoff game. And I was. You know, my dad passed away. Unfortunately, missed my whole national TV career. I wish he could have seen that moment. Like, he was a huge baseball fan. He's the reason that I got into sports. He loves sports. And you see the Ranger jersey, like lifelong Ranger, Met fan, big fan. Um, that was a cool moment. That was a pretty cool moment. But sorry for the long answer. There, there have been a lot of those games that just come out of the wire. I think it's a play-by-play guy who is responsible for the moment because it's going to be on YouTube for the rest of the time. As evidenced by the YouTube algorithm that gives you these games, it's popular. Um, so you better be good. <laughs> you better be. You better be on the money. You better identify the guy right, uh, so that the fans of that moment can go back and look at it fondly, and not, man, what was he doing? What a terrible call. <laughs> so I think you have a certain duty and responsibility to really. Yeah, we got, uh, Bubba, I know we have a comment there from Kyle. Another great question for Dave, and then we'll let you go, Dave. I appreciate the time. Sure. And uh, we have Chris Benini from The Athletic coming on, covering the group of five. We'll have him on in just a couple minutes. Uh, he says, at some point this year, you'll call a game without any fans in attendance. You were just talking. It's a great question because you're just talking about about the roar of the fans, at uh, certain uh, your big moments in your broadcasting career. But how strange will that be for you? No fans. Yeah, it will be weird. It's a good question. Um, you know, when you do games, uh, college football, for example, you always build in a time. You tell your producer, okay, we're uh, Corey and I are my analyst and I, Danny Canal, Randy Cross, whoever it might be. We're going to be on the field for a certain amount of time. So we usually, depending on the setup, but 
a guy who picks you to take the elevator down, and you kind of loop around and go to the end zone. Uh, you're you're amongst the fans. You're amongst the recruits watching the game before before the game. They're watching uh, practice and warm ups and getting you know, take eyeball on what's it might be to be a pirate one day at ECU. Um, sometimes, like it's the now, you actually walk right through the crowd and you feel it. And I think that's a big part of the broadcast. The feel of those fifty or seventy or eighty thousand people. Um, not having it will be definitely a, a big adjustment for us. Um, but luckily, I've done games over my career. I was playing football at Army one year where I swear it was snowing so hard. It was so I don't think there were many people there that night. Um, we're around practice all the time. We're around um, workouts, sometimes uh, in a different facility off campus where there's no there are no fans. So we do a lot of work without fans anyway. It'll be harder for sure because the booth has got to create more energy. Um, but I have done some bowling recently. The last the last show was – I've been bowling in terms of I am no fans, and you just you you adjust fast. You know you can't rely on the crowd to carry a moment. You've got to carry a moment. So you might have to talk a little more and fill some more air, um, because usually we all lay out the business, which we show up, lay out. Uh, you know, you see, you catch the touchdown pass, and kind of thick one. We're gonna say crowd's gonna be over. Now, let's we'll fill the air. We'll have to talk more. Bio, stats, facts on the guy, uh, how many catches he had that day. A lot of different things you can plug in, I think, as a broadcaster. But it will be an adjustment to, to not have the atmosphere in the field. of it. But it's going to come back. I think we're all happy and hopeful about that. Dave, before we let you go, how can uh, people follow your work? And uh, hopefully the next time we have you on, we can definitely talk about some games you've got coming up. Uh, but right now, how can they follow you on social media? And hopefully uh, here pretty soon, in the next few weeks, we'll have some football games on the CBS Sports Network. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, at Dave Rhino 12 on Twitter, that's probably the best one. So it's D-A-V-E-R-Y-N-O-12, Rhino 12. Uh, as simple as it sounds, a nickname that a guy named Mike Tirico gave me back in college. A million years ago. So that's, the, that's where that comes from. Um, yeah, when, when we have events to cover and things to do, we will all have it up there and, and have plenty of stuff to talk about uh, with video and pictures. And let's hope we all have uh, a lot of games to cover really soon. Hey, appreciate the time. Thank you so much for being on with us. Love to have you back on soon. It's been a, uh, a lot of fun talking about Stay safe sports. out there, and we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks, Dave. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate thanks, it. All right. All right, Dave Ryan there of CBS Sports Network and, of course, formerly of ESPN. Very happy to have him on tonight. And I know, Bubba, we've got another great guest, a double hair, if you will. Uh, that's been on the podcast uh, several times on our traditional podcast. Uh, Chris Manini of The Athletic. Chris, man, how are you? I am doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate Thanks, you coming uh, on. Thanks for your patience with us tonight. I wanted to have you on, Chris, tonight. Of course, uh, the group of five is what you cover for The Athletic. Uh, by the way, folks, The Athletic is a fantastic uh, read, a great website. They have a great app. They do a great job on social media every day. I see stories on uh, certainly on Facebook and uh, I think Twitter as well. But, uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, how have things been covering uh, what's normally a busy time for you as far as football is concerned and now is covering – uh, something that's not sports related, it seems. 
Yeah, it's been a weird three, four months, really, just not knowing what was going to happen, you know, taking a crash course in, crash course in uh, uh, medicine and epidemiology, trying to figure out what these things are, talking to ADs about whether or not things are going to happen, schedules getting redone by the day, conferences dropping by the day. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't know we were going to get here. I didn't think we were going to get to the start of the season and we're couple days away from FCS game technically kicking us off and then FBS the next week. And, you know, whether or not we finish, I don't know, but we're farther along than, than I expected, especially, especially after a couple weeks ago when the big 10 and the Mac shut down and, and uh, thought that was going to cause some more dominoes maybe than it did. And uh, Chris today, Sorry, Dave. We have some terrible lag. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Chris and Bubba, for that. I'm not trying to step on you. I was just going to add quickly, Chris, that uh, the American came out today uh, with the fact there's going to be no volleyball or soccer in the fall. They're going to move it to the spring. I don't know if you'd heard that, but I want to get your take on that. Yeah, not surprising. Uh, Conference USA did the same thing last week. You know, when the NCAA moved fall championships to the spring, it only made sense really to to move your sports regular season to the spring as well. So not a surprise move by the American. I, I know, I know a lot of people are saying, why are, why are these sports unsafe to play? And why is football safe? That's not really on the NCAA because the NCAA has moved all of its championships to the spring, including FCS football. So this is really just about FBS football, the bowl system, the playoff six conferences feeling like they can go forward. So th- this is not really on the NCAA. I know some people are criticizing them for that, but but really today's move by the American was uh, was not surprising. Uh, what's your take on some of the scheduling that's been taking place? Um, you know, Army, I think, is back up to, what, 11 games now, and then they have eight of their 11 games at home, uh, so that's pretty unique. Also, BYU's added several games, uh, the, the likes of Navy from the American, which is of interest to us, being East Carolina fans. Uh, so uh, talk about some, those two and then also some others of note around the country where people were adding games. Yeah, the, the independents are in a tough spot. You know, New Mexico State shut it down, UConn shut it down, UMass shut it down. They had law. They had trouble finding any games. Notre Dame got joined by the ACC, so they were okay. But you know, BYU. I was when the Mountain West shut down. I wasn't sure what BYU was going to be able to do. Um, but they've done a good enough job getting a enough of a schedule together. They feel it's worth going forward. Uh, Army, the same thing. Not not only are they playing, you know, eight home games, but they're playing three FCS teams as well. So they're just kind of gathering whatever they can. They're still going to play. Air Force, um, who, you know, Mountain West shut it down, but Air Force is still planning to play Army and Navy. I wrote a story uh, about that today. So um, that, that's a real tough spot. You know, we, we, we see all the time you see teams schedule conference, uh, schedule games for 10 years, 15 years out in advance. And I think what you've seen over the last month, teams able to cobble together matchups within days and weeks. It really goes to show you that we do not need to schedule this far out. To, to have games, and I hope that we kind of slow down on that kind of stuff in the future as a result of kind of how things have been handled here. No question about it. Chris, with the, as far as the athletic is concerned, I want to give you a chance to plug that. Uh, I was just talking about when we introduced you how great it is 
Uh, I know that you guys always have uh, specials running. Do you have anything going on now uh, with uh, one thing I love about it is it seems like our local papers, unfortunately, and uh, different things, they they don't have the journalists anymore that have the long, like you guys have, when you write a story, you really write a story and go in depth. I love it. And, and there's nothing wrong with anybody else, but I love each day where I have a chance to read uh, great articles by yourself and Nicole and different, uh, our good friend, David Glenn and different people for different sports in different areas. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. Um, the athletic.com slash free trial. We always have free trials going on there. I think it's seven days right now. Sometimes yeah. it's more. Um, we also have, if you go to the athletic.com slash green and white noise, you can get 40% off a subscription instead without a free trial. So that comes out to three bucks a month. So, I mean, just today, college football, we had stories from myself on Army, Navy, Air Force. You had Bruce Feldman on coordinators to watch. You had Andy Staples on what it's like to be a commissioner. You had Max Olson breaking down what the new eligibility rules mean for everything. Nicole Auerbach's breaking news on all the conference movings uh, every, every day. So uh, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate uh, all the support always from, from all the readers. And, uh, yeah, so if, if you're not a subscriber and you're still looking to um, – athletic.com slash free trial or the green and white noise link, which is at the top of my Twitter profile as well. You can just check that out at Chris Vanini on Twitter. I want to make sure we get that in for you and we'll do it again at the end, but I uh, love the athletic and Bubba, Bubba knows yeah, uh, how much, uh, do you get ever tired of hearing me talk about the athletic Bubba? No, but Chris, he's certainly not lying. He's always like, he's like guys, guys, you got to join. You got to join. Well, we always, we always appreciate that. You know, we, we, we're not, you know, we succeed or fail based on our readers. And if we provide something that people are willing to pay for, you know, and, and it's been a success so far and we're incredibly grateful for that. And that's all because of the support from, from readers and, and people supporting it like Dave. Chris, honestly, if you want to know my, the true story is you came on our show. One of the first guests we ever had on uh, back in the summer of 2018 and because of you coming on, I gave you a chance. I gave the athletic a chance, and I'm glad I did that I took a chance. And I've always renewed since uh, the summer, I think it was July of 2018, the first time you came on with us. So I was like, if he's good enough to support us, we'll support him. I'll give it a shot, and I'm glad I did. Well, I appreciate that always, as always. Uh, let's talk about uh, college football. And uh, certainly, do you think uh, – one of the questions we were talking about, Dave Ryan, but do you think um, with – having with the likes of the Pac-12. And I know that right now we don't know what's going to happen. It could be tomorrow or next week that everything just like unravels. Who knows what way things are right now? I call it the twilight zone. Um, somebody asked me about sports and they keep asking me every day, will the Pirates play? Um, but as far as uh, the American, do you think this gives us uh, a good chance for the American to have more exposure? Potentially I'm hearing Phil Steele and other people that are putting UCF in their final four, which is like, like that sounds just as crazy as COVID has been. Yeah. You know, we, we have, we have our preview conference preview stuff coming out next week and I, I'll, I won't reveal who, but I'll tell you that I have a team from the American in the playoff. Wow. Uh, This is, it's, it's a weird year. There's a lot of reasons for it. I think for one, they probably have to go undefeated to start, but you know, it is it is a showcase, and especially this first couple of weeks when you know the ACC is not starting until the twelfth. 
the SEC, I think the Big 12 does well. The SEC doesn't start, I think, till the 26th. So there are going to be a few weeks here where group of five football is the majority of the football you see on TV. So it is absolutely an, uh, an opportunity to to showcase that. And, and you know, I, you know, Dave, Dave was just saying it. You know, the American is a very, very good conference, and, and it, it deserves to have a bigger spotlight, which it will have. Also, the Sun Belt and Conference USA. And if there is a spring season, the MAC and the Mountain West as well will certainly get more attention. So, you know, it's 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 obviously the, the circumstances are obviously terrible and unfortunate, but in terms of, you know, moving forward, if things move forward, yeah, it's an opportunity for the league to further showcase, you know, what it can do. Last year, the American was rated higher than the ACC in a lot of advanced ratings. You know, you take out Clemson, you, you take out Clemson at the top, you take out UConn at the bottom, and these conferences are pretty even. So it's it's unfortunate we won't get those American versus Power Five crossover games. You know, obviously, you know, that's one reason the American doesn't want to go to more conference games. They want to stay at eight. They want to play those P5 games and get those wins. So it's unfortunate we won't get to see those. I know UCF travels to Georgia Tech. Uh, but, but other, you know, it, it'll, it'll still be fun seeing a lot of these big, high-profile American matchups. Yeah, you talk about UCF and the Knights actually come to Greenville as of right now on September 24th. So that will be game two for the Pirates because the Pirates' September 19th game against Norfolk State was, of course, uh, postponed to a later date uh, in a future year. Yeah, yeah. The schedules are going to keep changing. I know, you know, UCF had wanted to keep North Carolina on their schedule. Obviously, that that couldn't end up happening. Um, You know, we see now NC State has had – more outbreaks. There's a chance they may have to delay their game. I think they open with Virginia Tech. So you know, schedules are going to keep changing. Uh, keep changing as we go. Yeah, there was a story I sent to the guys before the show a couple hours ago that there. I think it's from um, the Virginia Tech site for twenty four seven sports. But anyway, they actually are saying that with the outbreak that state had, there's a potential that. That game is supposed to be the kickoff for their season, September 12th, being this ACC, so conference-only schedule. Obviously, they would have to push that game from September the 12th all the way to the 26th, which means that's about the time that I know the um, SEC, that's their first uh, game that they're going to have. Um, so what the ACC, I think, was thinking is, hey, we push up the games like the September 12th, we'll get a jump start. Uh, but now who knows what will happen if that game – and there might be some games that are – not played and there might be some situations where it looks like that we're already right now but certainly with after the fact that you have teams playing some teams will play eight games some people may play 10 games um, the committee is really going to have a tough uh, assignment this year instead of just putting four brand name teams for a made tv event they're going to have to really do their homework i think to be able to figure out who is uh, the the four that are really the most deserving yeah i, I don't I don't really know how, how they're going to do it. You're going to have you're going to have canceled games. You're going to have stuff pushed back. You know, the case for pushing games starting later, like the SEC and originally and, and originally some of the other conferences, was to buy you some more time. Hope things get better. The Big Ten was originally going to start week one, but they were going to have a bunch of bye weeks so you could make up games later in the schedule. So you know, different different schools went different ways in terms of how they wanted to approach this. You know. I mean, I'm curious. I don't know when the polls come out, but like, how do you, you're going to have teams that could be like 
what three and zero before Alabama even plays a game. So you know, I I do I rank all 130 teams every week for the Athletic. Now I, I think it's down to 76 right now, but I'm leaning heavily toward putting all that rating toward teams that have played games. So if you win your first game, don't care who it was, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna go ahead of a zero and zero team at least for a week or two until everybody starts playing because I don't, I don't know other, any other way to judge it until we actually have games to happen. Like the AP poll comes out, Clemson and Ohio State, I'm sorry, Ohio State's in there, Big Ten teams are in there. It's like, like why? You, we're, we're just going to change it in a few weeks. So it's, it's, a, it's really hard to do. I don't really fault anybody for doing it any other way, but it's going to be unlike anything we've ever had before. And Chris, out of curiosity, where do you have uh, ECU? I was thinking the – latter part of the 70s there or 60s or where would you have the pirates putting you on the spot i have not done that yet i've not done the whole 76 i can i can tell you i have uh ecu currently how many teams are there now 11 so i have them between 9th and 10th with with tulsa i know i kind of go back and forth on them in terms of where i have them ranked in the american i've yet to put I, i did the conferences I've yet to put them all together in terms of a whole um, type of uh, type of deal yet. Yeah, that's one of those things going into the season, just based on where our program's been, and then and just the extreme lack of experience. Even though we have some talent and size now on the defensive front, um, it's certainly understandable why we're being picked where we are. Um, but I do think if the if the defense can come along a little faster than a lot of folks think they probably will. Uh, then we can surprise some people like we about did Cincinnati and SMU last year and, and maybe be on the verge of uh, f- flirting with a 500 or a winning season. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really curious to see, you know, Holton Ayers and how, how the offense looks after those last last handful of games really exploded offensively, kind of out of nowhere. And, and if, if the defense can catch up, you know, I, I know Dave kind of said the same thing, but 2021 could look like a, a pretty good type of season if things trend in the right way. And, you know, everybody's going to get a year back now, you know, potentially from the NCAA year. So I, I think that's certainly another good building block for Mike Houston and what they want to do. And uh, well, I want to ask you, Chris, have you heard anything? We haven't, but have you heard anything regarding as far as, uh, with the, I was talking about the craziness. I want to ask you another question about the number of games. Do you know how many, like, for example, East Carolina, we've lost two games. We lost South Carolina being SEC only schedule. We lost Norfolk State because they're not playing. Uh, we have 10 games. Do you know what, as far as eligibility to get to a bowl, would that be five and five or would we still have to go six and four? I mean, it's still hard to know. I, I think it would be, I don't know for sure. I think it would be five and five if you have 10. I think you just have to have a 500 or better record. I think I, I can't say that for sure, but that that would be my guess. I, I don't know what the state of bowl games are. Right. You know, our team's going to want to travel for them. I know the Red Box Bowl already shut down. Still, a lot of questions about the postseason yet that 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 we, we just don't have answers to yet. And we don't have enough. And you mentioned seventy six teams, and there's forty two. Well, I guess maybe forty one bowls. So if if that's the case, you're still going to be what six teams shy of. Uh, of having enough teams for bowls. So or as of right now, I mean, that thing could change. It's so fluid right now. That thing could change tomorrow, you know? Yeah, it's it's every day it's, it's, it's uncharted territory, and 
So kind of just figuring out, figuring it out as I go. Being a journalist, is this a good time for you guys being this uh, very unusual or is it more stressful because normally you get in your routine of writing stories and you kind of know what you're going to not know what you're going to write, but you know what I mean? You have being that you're a great journalist, you know, kind of a path, but now it just seems like it's been almost like if it's football, there's been like an audible at the line of scrimmage every day. Yeah. I mean, just personally, like, you know, it made for more interesting stories in the summer in your, in your Mays, your Junes, your Julys. But once we got to middle of July and it's like media daytime and getting ready for camp to not have that sucks. It, it sucks to not be able to go do that. You're, you're just talking to people over the phone or on zoom or something like that. You're not getting a real feel for anybody. You're not meeting anybody. So it, it's, it, 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 it sucks just personally in terms of doing the job business wise. It's, it's not good. It's not good for anybody, you know, to, to not to, to be uncertain about things. You have some sports that aren't playing, you know, we have writers who cover the big 10 and the PAC 12 and they don't have teams to write about this fall. So, um, overall, it's not good. I know, I know some people are say like the media is rooting for it to not happen. That's that's not the case for plenty of reasons. Sure, there are probably some people who want to say I told you so because you know this has been more dangerous than some people predicted. But it's not good for media. It's not good for reporters that that this is the state that that things are in now. Chris. Um Taking a look around the country, obviously you have two leagues with the Mountain West and MAC. They're not playing football this fall, but uh, whether it's in the group of five, which you uh, focus and hone in on, or, or uh, maybe in some of the so-called P5 conferences, uh, what are some interesting storylines, maybe teams that you're um, thinking that may be among the nation's most improved this year? Are you talking about the teams that are playing or the teams that aren't playing? The teams that are playing. You know, I, I'm curious. Um, the Sun Belt could be really interesting. You know, our, Appalachian State's won that league four years in a row, but Louisiana Lafayette has has made the title game two years in a row. They should be even better again. Billy Napier is going to be a hot coaching candidate. Arkansas State should be pretty good as well. They came out with their preseason poll today, and I think five different teams might have gotten first place votes. So the Sun Belt's got some really talented teams. Georgia Southern will be in there as well. Um, in Conference USA, it's a lot of questions really from ever, from across the board. Western Kentucky needs a new quarterback. Florida Atlantic has Willie Taggart as a new head coach. Um, Louisiana Tech has to replace a lot of guys. UAB is probably the favorite, I, I guess, in that league. So it, it's, it's it's just a lot of questions, and it's hard because we didn't get spring football, you know. Not having spring – spring football is when you kind of get a sense of who could be the next guys, who could be the next team is feeling really good about themselves. And we didn't get that. So it's a lot of unknowns. Um, I, I think if you're looking at the American, I mean, my, my thoughts are kind of what everybody else's is probably, which is UCF and Memphis and Cincinnati really probably – fighting for that top spot, two of the three, probably make the title game. I think SMU and Tulane will be right behind them, possibly could make a jump up. Tulane will be really interesting. Um, they got Keon Howard, the quarterback from Southern Miss, is now leading them. So can Tulane make that jump to eight, nine wins that SMU did last year? Um, Houston should probably be better because they probably can't be worse. Um, <laughs> well, that was the first season that he really 
uh, should, should be better in year two. And then they, you know, the final placement from Malcolm Perry, do they? That's the whole thing when it comes down to Navy is more effective than that. That uh, as far as uh, you're talking about Houston, Houston's a team that uh, with uh, I know having Dana come back there, Hogelson come back, but that seems like a fan base. We've had uh, Sam Raz on uh, from their podcast there. Um, it seems like it, they're paying him a lot of money, and they believe that which they should believe with the uh, with their program that they are a power you know league program. Uh, with the basketball and uh, football, but as far as uh, as far as Houston, do you think they're how much time do you think they'll give Hogerson before they say, "Hey, look, man, we're paying you like four million dollars. We have their expectations are extremely high. Um, do you think they'll give him maybe three years? He's on year what two now, right? Yeah, I mean that buyout buyout still a lot, you know, but. They paid him power five money. They built the facility because they wanted that Big 12 or something else invitation. And it's hard to see it happening. You know, the Big, the big 12, if anything, you know, my colleague Andy Staples brought up the They should try to get compact schools schools the Big 12. They should try to add the, the Arizonas, maybe USC or UCLA or something like that. So it's hard to find a spot where Houston makes that jump up, but you, you kind of got to make that presentation to make people feel like you are trying to strive for something higher or, you know, it's, it's going to tune people out. It's a tough spot, but they went all in to, to pay Holgerson by far more than anybody else in the group five was making. They paid him pretty much more than I think West Virginia was paying him. And yeah, you, you need better results than what they did last year. And I know the Derek King experiment did not work. Maybe Clayton Toon is the, the full-time guy and it works out better this year, but um I do think they'll be improved, but you're not paying Dana Olkerson to be improved. You're paying Dana Olkerson to compete for New Year's Six Bowls. Yeah, you, when you were talking about the Sun Belt, I mean, you talked about App State, and App State's a, a program with a first-year head coach and Sean Clark, a guy that played there and has been on the staff there for several years now. Um, but uh, nonetheless, a first-year head coach and the Mountaineers, you know, they were going to have a game at Wisconsin – and now that's obviously not happening. They were going to have a game at Wake Forest, uh, which got kicked down the road as well. Um, they picked up games in FCS, Foe, and Campbell, and then also uh, a game with Marshall and a game with uh, regional rival Charlotte. So, so I'm certainly not saying that they can't lose uh, to, to Marshall or Charlotte, but um, it's even a more – it's a it's a manageable schedule. So if they, if they did uh, – find a way to run the table, then do you think they could be in that, that conversation like they nearly were a year ago? Yeah. I mean, if App State goes undefeated, they will have a case to make for the playoff. You know, it probably won't be as easy as, as UCF making that case. But, you know, it, it's just it, – man, it sucks to not see them play Wisconsin and to play Wake Forest. I was really looking forward to those games because this is a senior-laden team. It's a veteran team, very, very experienced team. They bring almost everybody back except for Darrington Evans, the running back. And I really wanted to see them against some really good Power 5 competition. And, you know, I think the, the games with Marshall, the games with Charlotte, the, 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 the local-ish type of games will be fun. I think it's a good way to make up for losing that. But, uh, 
you know, they'll, 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 they've had Louisiana Lafayette's number beat them four times in the last two years. And that's a really good program. So it'll be tough for the Sun Belt. I was surprised that in last year's playoff rankings that Cincinnati was ahead of Appalachian state going into the championship games, basically knocked them out. They had no chance. Um, but App State's done this enough years in a row now where they should be getting probably more respect than they are. And the fact, Bubba, going all the way back, was that 2013, 14, somewhere in there when they had the first year they moved up to Division 1A, so to speak, with FBS. I'll call it the right thing, but FBS. And they were bowl eligible, but obviously moving up, they couldn't go. They've had a string of bowls like – Every they've been they could have gone to, to bowl obviously if they didn't have the rule, yeah, but pretty yeah. much every single year. Yeah, I think they've won five straight bowls now, something like that. Uh, three or four straight and Sun Belt titles, huh? I guess it is now, and then, and then those five straight bowl games. Yeah, yeah, it's it's at least a share of four straight conference titles, and they're they're pretty heavily favored to to make it five. So it's it's really remarkable the transition they made with barely any, there was a little bump in the road when they first did it. But once Scott Satterfield kind of figured things out at the end of, I think his second year at FBS, they've been just absolutely rolling ever since they beat, they beat North Carolina and South Carolina last year. It's they, they're building a new end zone facility that should be open this year. So um, really just remarkable rise in consistency for that program to move up and barely, barely miss a step. Something else that they did to improve the atmosphere there at Kid Brewer Stadium, they, they removed the track, which had been there forever. So that that's really going to make for a better atmosphere also. Yep, yep. That's uh, They got rid of that this offseason. They're building that new building, uh, kind of redoing the whole deal. So I, I went to a game last year, the Georgia Southern game, um, the only game they lost. and uh, But that was a really cool environment. It was like – I think it was Halloween. And Halloween, it was like, right? It was sleeting – and they still packed that place, and it it was loud, and um, it was it was it was a it was a good time. Yeah, the the win that night and the way oh, yeah. that I mean, you have to play. I mean, you have to obviously just have to deal with the conditions and do uh, what you can. I mean, you can't make excuses about that. But um, it would have been interesting to see how that game may have played out in in conditions where it wasn't so windy, because it definitely impacted uh, the passing game because. Uh, Georgia Southern, to their credit, um, took away App State's potent running attack that night. Yep, yep. And, and playing a triple option team, you know, that's the kind of weather that helps them. And Georgia Southern broke out a couple of big, big runs to take a to take a decent sized lead. And App State almost came back at the end. They had the ball at the end, the chance to tie it or, or win it or something, but oh, yeah. uh, a couple times, but uh, couldn't follow through. And uh, yeah, I think it was the only loss. And it, I was there for that one. They they. They stayed in a hotel the night before down in Hickory. They'd never done that before. And I don't know if they've done it since. So <laughs> uh, I, I want to ask you a question about uh, not to pick on the conferences, but do you think what kind of impact will um, do you think right now? Again, I preface by question because of not knowing, but the Mountain West and with the Mac bowing out for the spring, do you think that will hurt them as far as like, like I know there's what ifs, but if we have a season, even if it's a bumps in the road and they still complete some kind of season, does that hurt them in the spring? I mean, not if they get through the spring, you know, if, if a fall season fully happens, 
you, there's going to be a lot of maybe egg on the face of those le- of those leagues that decided not to play. But if they get through a spring season and everything's fine, I think there'll be a lot of excitement for spring. You'll be like, hey, we get three, four months more of college football after getting another year of college football. So I think they'll be at a disadvantage a bit because you'll have to play two for 2021 because you'll have to play two seasons in one year and there'll be problems that come along with that. But I don't know about any long-term problems unless something like, you know, they don't get the shares of the playoff money that that still yet to be resolved. Um, there could be some like financial things here and there, but I don't expect it to help hurt them much in recruiting. I mean, they, they made this decision for the health and safety of players. You know, I don't think it's going to really have that much of an impact. As far as uh, when you talk about uh, the, the different leagues that right now with the ACC, when you have the SEC and the big 12, does that help? Uh, does that help a league like you were talking about last year? I know the league is better in the ACC now with Mac Brown coming back with North Carolina. But as far as the, do you think with those three power leagues, does that push them ahead of the other two? I mean, the Pac-12 was already in a tough spot. You know, they keep, yeah. they're barely they haven't made the playoff in forever. They 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 perform poorly in bowl games. The the TV they don't make nearly as much TV money. They were already in a tough spot. The Big Ten will be fine. As soon as they come back and can do it, they'll be getting 100,000 fans in their stadiums. They still make as much money, if not more, than the SEC. Uh, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll really hurt them in recruiting in the long term, especially now that everybody's getting the year back, you know, eligibility-wise. I think they'll be okay. The, the Big Ten will be fine. Big Ten has its own, you know, problems outside of Ohio State in terms of not competing. But, you know, the ACC is a one-team league, and, and – they, they managed. So I, I, I don't expect the Big Ten to be really impacted, but the Pac-12 was already in, in a tough spot, and, and they have some ground to make up. Yeah, when you take away the last handful of years outside of the first year with Ohio State winning it, the Pac-12 and, um, and Pac-12 and the Big Ten have not been very successful, right? Yeah, Pac-12 – Oregon made Oregon made the title game against Ohio State, but that was it. Washington lost to Alabama. Michigan State was the only other Big Ten team to make the playoff, and they got wiped down by Alabama. So it's it's really been an Ohio State or bust, kind of like it's been Clemson or bust in the ACC. Chris, you talk about that trip you or, or multiple trips you made to Kid Brewer Stadium and in uh, Boone over the last few years, um, and what an underrated venue, in your opinion, um, App State is. So, just talk about some of the other more um, on a, maybe under the radar venues that you've been to that the college football fan, if if it's someone that you know likes to have a bucket list and the um, make a like Bubba. Yeah, like, like myself, it, it makes a venue, whether it's going out to Boise in the blue turf, although that one wouldn't be so underrated. But, I mean, just th- things like that that uh, maybe um, maybe fans might or might not think of. Yeah, so I, I haven't gone – I don't go to a ton of games like week to week. It's not like I'm traveling to a game every week. But UCF is – honestly, I think it's underrated in terms of how tough it is to play there. Um, not just because of the team, but but when that team is good, they pack the place. That entire thing is loosely built, you know, aluminum, steel type of stuff. It's not brick. So 
when you know w w they call it the bounce house and that's actually the official name of the stadium this year the bounce house because they had a naming rights issue um but when they do a kickoff after a touchdown and they're playing zombie nation and everybody in that stadium is jumping up and down and that the press box shakes like it literally the stadium is is bouncing and, and moving around when, when that stuff's going on it's it, it's it's a small stadium obviously but they are very loud and they have student sections on both sides all of the fans are into it it's not like you have the old school traditional fans who have been watching this team for 50 years and don't like when people are standing or something like that it's all people who are excited about a new newish thing going on that's a very fun place to watch a game and then i went to army navy last year that was my first experience going to that game. that's obviously a, that's obviously a absolute bucket list game and whether or not we have a season they are planning to play that game that's what i wrote about today um so whenever fans are allowed back to that game definitely one of those bucket list college football type of games no doubt about it uh, chris uh before we let you go again can you tell folks about uh certainly where they can read that article and not only uh, your articles, but obviously there's uh, you have so many great colleagues there at The Athletic. Yeah, theathletic.com. Uh, if you want a free trial, theathletic.com slash free trial. If you want a subscription that's only 3 bucks a month, theathletic.com slash green and white noise. That's pinned at the top of my Twitter profile, which is at Chris Vanini. You know, we've got Andy Staples, Stuart Mandel, Bruce Feldman, Nicole Auerbach, Max, Max Olson, Matt Fortuna, David Ubbin, just we have we have I think the most talented um, and deepest college football writing roster there is, and and you know you get what you pay for. I, I think Dave, you could probably vouch for that. Um, it's not a lot of money, but you, you, there's no ads on the site. It's very clean and easy to read. The app is great, um, and and we cover every sport, every team there is, pro sport. So if you follow the the Panthers or the Carolina Panthers or the Hurricanes or something like that. We, we, we have them covered as well. So um, hope you guys give us a check us out if you haven't yet. No doubt. And Chris, uh, we're going to have you back on obviously during the season and hopefully there won't be a lot of bumps in the road. So hopefully I'm not jinxing it right now, but hopefully we can have a smooth season and we can talk to you uh, sometime in the middle of the season. Love to have you back on. Yep. If we get through the season, Throw a party, you know, just I'm, I'm not so concerned about who's going to win conferences, championships, whatever. Like, I just want to make it through the season. And if we do that and everybody's OK, then party's on and, and let's, you know, let's let's enjoy it. And Bubba's buying, right? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. Have a good night, man. Appreciate you so much. Enjoy his work. Chris Vanitti of The Athletic again. I'm not just being nice. He, he really does a great job, Bubba. And, you know, I've shown you the articles um, they do fantastic work. And I think that I pay annually $40, $40 for the entire year. And I truly look at it every single day um, because it's uh, really good. I'm not doing like an infomercial for the athletic, but um, when I come on and I brag about something, it's because I really mean it and I really believe it. And I did take a chance. I didn't know anything. I think they started around that time, right, Bubba, in 2018 or 17 or 18, somewhere around there. They were pretty much brand new. They certainly haven't been around a very long time, um, but but yeah, I remember when they were. I remember when they were coming into existence, Dave, like you're saying, and just seeing that list uh, of you know Bruce Feldman, Stuart Mandel, Andy Staples, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and they certainly have a, a who's who of college football writers and do a terrific job. No question about it. Uh, make sure again. 
uh, theathletic.com. And again, when you, the app, Bubba, even like for my phone, and then not only the app, but you know, you have the website, the app, but obviously social media, they're always breaking stories and they put it up there on, for example, I've seen it some on Twitter, but the most I see it on is Facebook. They're putting story after story after story. So you're getting, uh, your money's worth there. Let's talk about, uh, programming. Uh, we'll promote our shows and we'll get out of here. Uh, we've got, uh, obviously kids to get to sleep and, uh, certainly we have to go to bed too. So Bubba, thank you so much for obviously your hard work. I know we had 50 pirates in 50 days. That's continuing and we'll try to get that done. Uh, we pushed you back a little bit. It was supposed to be done by August 29th, but obviously, um, we have some by game, by days, not by games, but by days in there because we're trying to, stretch it out a little bit to uh, the plan was to obviously like last year to have it to um, end the day before the season started and the season got moved back. So we pushed our days back a little bit, right, Bubba? Yep. Um, like you said, it was really a countdown to, to kick off against Marshall on August 29th, um, but we bumped that back. So instead of 50 Pirates in 50 days, it's going to be like um, or more like 50 Pirates in about 64, 65 days. But uh, not, nonetheless, um, um, don't don't hold us to that. Just uh, enjoy the interviews, um, some excellent conversations this afternoon. I caught up with Quentin Cotton. We've been trying to get Quentin on the program for yeah. quite some time, but it was tough coordinating our schedules. But I uh, appreciate him coming on. Uh, he said he's a, a big fan of what we're doing. He's enjoyed hearing from us. Uh, Pirates from a variety of eras, and uh, especially his former teammates, uh, hearing how those guys, it's hard to believe that Quentin Cotton, uh, this will be um, 12 years now since he played his final football season. Yeah, and it was was that third game of that 2008 season when when Quentin went down, unfortunately, as we talked about in that interview uh, against the Tulane Green Wave down at the Superdome. So, uh, definitely check that out. It was right at an hour uh, with Quentin. Um, talked about a, a number of things. Um, we'll have one of his former teammates, uh, J.J. Millbrook, uh, who's also on the defensive side of the ball, defensive back, safety. Um, we'll, we'll talk to J.J. Millbrook on, on Saturday morning at uh, 9 a.m. right here on Facebook and YouTube Live. Um, Friday night, um, Dad has been on the program before. I can't honestly cannot recall whether it was on 50 Pirates in 50 Days. I don't think it was. But George Koontz, who uh, played two years for East Carolina after transferring in from Chowan and then went on to just an excellent career with the Green Bay Packers and played, played his final season with the Seattle Seahawks. But we'll talk to George. Um, he's working up in Wisconsin at a small school, Marion University right now. And um, so we have those headed your way. Uh, and then also right. tomorrow afternoon, I'll be catching up with Jamie Shaw, the absolute basketball experience. Jamie does a terrific job covering recruiting. And here recently, Joe Dooley and staff have gotten two commitments, uh, R.J. Felton, 6'4", out of Aiken, South Carolina, and then also uh, Dondre Watson out of Moravian Prep up in Hickory. Uh, he's 6'8", or 6'9", extremely athletic. Um, I think he pretty. I think he started playing the game pretty late. Uh, so he, he does have some development to do, um, but uh, a very high ceiling with what I saw the film with Dondre Watson. Bubba, we've been working hard, you and me and Kyle, on, on getting the guests. By the way, folks, if you have an idea for a guest you want to be on, thesportsobj at gmail.com. You can email or you can email me directly as well, uh, David Richmond at uh, thesportsobjective.com. Bubba, 
I'm so excited with, uh, with it seems like hopefully day by day, I'm feeling more confident and I'm going to continue to feel that way. I'm told, I'm told differently. And thanks to the chance for Ron Mitchelson for, uh, giving it. In fact, yes, we're going to play and it's tough not to have fans. It's tough. Um, I can't imagine, uh, not having the tailgating. I understand why. I'm not saying that I disagree with it. Um, but it's, it's definitely challenging as far as what we have in our minds of what the game day atmosphere is supposed to look like. But at this point, like you and I have talked about on the air and off the air a ton, if we could just get ball games, that's a huge win, right? I mean, we'll just have to deal with the non-gate, the, what would be a really terrible, normally a terrible game day atmosphere with no fans tailgating and no fans in the stands, which is crazy. Um, just the fact that we're having games is going to be tremendous. So I hope that I have you that I know you have, uh, with Riley having a ball game, but I'm hoping that you'll be with me that night in the press box. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll have to cross that bridge when we get there, right? Yep. Uh, hopefully we'll be playing football here in about three weeks or so. Um, but I guess three and a half weeks, but re- really look forward to that. Uh, hope, hopefully it will. I say three and a half weeks, two and a half weeks. I, I've, I've, I've lost all track of time with, uh, I just, uh, hopefully we'll be playing football in two and a half weeks. And because you, you think about it, um, we, we would be, this would be game week and, and we would be what, four days away. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's still no uh, high school football in North Carolina, which is tough. I know we're broadcasting around the world. So appreciate it very much. All right. So thank you so much to Dave Ryan, formerly of ESPN, of course, of CBS Sports and uh, has a house full of uh, kids. He's tremendous. We had fun with him. And Chris Vanini is awesome in The Athletic. Again, folks, theathletic.com is a product I believe in. And uh, make sure that you check that out. Thank you so much, Bubba. Appreciate you, man, for all that you do uh, on air and behind the scenes. And until next time, you've been watching and listening to The Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. (laughs) 